You've selected a show from the Podcast Jukebox, a DIY podcast network. Hey, everybody. So, 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 so sorry that this episode has taken so long to upload. Uh, We were having audio issues again, and as a result, this episode was a huge pain in the neck to edit together and there despite my best efforts there are still audio issues so uh apologies in advance and I hope you guys um I hope it's not too bad to listen to and I wanted to thank you guys for not only your patience but for sticking with us through these episodes where there are audio issues there's only one more <laughs> where uh, after this one where there's some severe audio trouble and after that it will be smooth sailing. So apologies again and thank you guys so, so much for sticking with us. You guys are the best. Um, as always, this episode of No Love Lost is brought to you by FredHeBakes.com. That's FredHeBakes.com. Guys, it's a stressful time right now, so go ahead and order yourself some delicious baked goods from uh, Fred. He's got some amazing cookies, and they are the perfect treat to have during these times of, you know, it's really stressful right now, and sometimes you really just want that hit of dopamine. (laughs) Fred's BS is a great way to go ahead and get that fixed. They are delicious, so go and treat yourselves. And use the offer code NOLOVELOST to get 20% off your order. And if you're looking for other ways to support the podcast, go ahead and head on over to the Podcast Jukebox Network uh, and get yourself some No Love Lost merchandise, like No Love Lost t-shirts or Crazy About Kurt t-shirts. So uh, again, guys, thank you for your patience. We love you. Thank you so, so much for for sticking with us during this crazy time. Um, so yeah, I hope... I hope this episode, despite its audio issues, can do something to make your day a little brighter. So, thank you guys again. And on that note, Michelle, if you would be so kind. Let's go to the island. I would like to see the polar bears. There was a crash, and there are others, and there are numbers, and it all means something to go back. Will, I don't know how many times I have to tell you there's nowhere to go back to. It doesn't matter if you break open the lock. There's nowhere to run. <laughs> You're actually you've never been more right in that sentiment. <laughs> Welcome back to No Love Lost, the podcast where we lovingly and so lovingly <laughs> down the hit ABC television series lost a series that many of you while in quarantine may be binge watching as well i actually do think a lot of people are going back and re-watching it i do too yeah i've, I've noticed the lost twitter has like ticked up a bit um <laughs> i am will lincoln with me as always megan salinas hey everybody and we are here to discuss season three episode six i do this is a Lindelof and Coos episode. 
They wrote it. Really? Yep. The first one this season that they had written together, Lindelof wrote the uh, season premiere, but not with Carlton Cuse. And it is directed by Tucker Gates, who hadn't directed an episode since season one. I'm wondering if the main reason those two decided to write this episode is because of Jack's storyline, oddly enough. I think so. I think so. Because that's the stuff that kind of sets us up for the next part of the season. Uh, yeah, it's like, I guess, a, I wouldn't call this episode a game changer, but the pieces do move around a little bit. Like, it is a little bit of a status quo change. Not by much, but, I mean, li- like I said, the, the pieces on the board have moved around a bit. Well, I'm going to push back on your not a game changer thing. Oh, you think it is? Well, only for one reason. And is that because nothing... Ben is freaking sedated at the moment? <laughs> <laughs> he, 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 in the history, for the storylines, I feel like you're you're kind of right. We're getting to an inevitable place that the last couple of weeks were setting. And, and not too much has changed at the end of this episode, really. Except for the fact when this episode aired... Uh-huh. Okay, I thought this episode, episode six, was much later in the season. Because, and I think one of the reasons, I was talking to someone on Twitter about this just last night. I think one of the reasons the beginning of this season always felt so long to me was the fact that this episode aired in early November... And then the show didn't come back until sometime in February. So this episode marked an over three-month period where you were waiting after Jack Yell's run for something else to happen. So Was this the mid-season finale then? I think of it as the mid-season finale, but it clearly... Because I'm like, we're only six episodes in or something Yeah, it it, it clearly isn't season finale, but in my head, I've always thought of it as, and I've always thought of them being in these cages longer, and I think it's because we had such a break. And I think in my head, this episode is a game changer because we had to wait. (laughs) A million years. (laughs) Uh, maybe the the reason it doesn't feel like a game changer to me in this moment is, yeah, one, we're not having to wait multiple months. Um, and two, even though even though like um, Jack has the upper hand kind of at the end of this episode, it really hasn't changed much. Our three main characters are still on an island separated from everybody else. And... Yeah, technically they've got a head start, but as Sawyer alludes to earlier in the episode, where are you going to go unless you find a way off the island? So in my mind, I'm like, not really much has changed. Yeah, no, and I think you're technically right. I think I'm bringing a weird, like, emotional uh, thing to this episode or some baggage to this episode. Apologies, I'm actually looking it up when what year when this Eric- episode because i what november was because if this was in 2007 i, I believe i believe now c- 
correct me if I'm wrong. I believe that this was November of 2006. This is just off the top of my head. November 2006. It, if it is, then my theory that I was about to float uh, is completely wrong. Because thinking was the reason for that. Because that is an awfully big delay to have after only six episodes of a season that's going to give you like... 22 episodes what was your theory my theory was and you're right it was 2006 my theory was that it was the writer's strike but it was not because uh, that was in 2007 that would be uh season probably towards the end of this season um that would have been yeah. that would have been yeah that would have affected the next season yeah, for sure cuz I I know for sure the writer strike did affect this series. I think that resulted in a truncated season 4, if I'm not. Also, mistaken. I love that um I talk about the writers strike and people I know in Los Angeles <laughs> if through not like, <laughs> like the Yeah, pandemic. that it's an event like, oh, remember that writers strike? <laughs> it was a big thing in this town and in this industry, but it was it was a huge thing in this in, in this town, yeah. Okay, but let's get let's get to the episode. I, I believe the the showrunners picketed. Now, again, take this with a grain of salt because it's been a long time and I'm not 100% sure if it's true, but I think I remember hearing that the showrunners picketed on um you know, when it came to the writers strike that they actually were on the picket line going, "Hey, do you want to know what the island is?" <laughs> <laughs> then support then support our writers um i th the only reason i remember th the beginning of season three being in the fall of 2007 the only reason i can remember that or the the fall of 2006 the only reason i can remember that is because that was my freshman year of college <laughs> Ah, okay. And I remember sitting down my freshman year of college and watching the beginning of season three in my dorm room because I was just like, yay, I can still watch Lost, the show I'm in love with, and that this show that will never, ever, 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 ever disappoint me. I would like to go to that Megan, go back in time to that Megan, that uh, one day she would do something <laughs> called a podcast. <laughs> What's that, Mr. Link? And it would be about the show she loves, but she would be on the she would heel of the show. She and would then be I'd the ask one. you, what's a heel? Because I didn't watch pro wrestling and I still don't. <laughs> yeah, I don't either, but I <laughs> Um Well let let's get to it. This is a Kate episode. A Kate yeah. flashback episode. And I... Detective Kate is on the case again. And the case is how how do we who took I don't know. I was going to make a joke about taco night. And then I, I lost confidence in it halfway through. And I apologize. Well, I feel like Kate. <laughs> I feel like um, flashback is very straightforward. I feel like we're going to move through it. With not that much difficulty, because her flashback, one, I think is very straightforward, and two, it reminds me of the Lockback more than said flashback. The, or the Sawyer flashback. Yeah, which those I feel like were richer and uh, uh, giving us more of the character. This falls into the flashback that we saw earlier this season, where... It feels a little out of time. It feels like, when did this happen? Mm -hmm. When was there time for this to happen in her life? 
while she was on the run. It just, there's something that's a little off like with Locke is something a little forced yeah I I will say that I like the idea behind it I I I didn't I really didn't like the idea behind Locke's flashback like that one I was just like where are we going with this it feels all over the place like you can make this idea work but they just didn't um with Kate I actually really like the idea of her you know taking on a persona you know, as she's going about doing doing her normal convict thing, uh, being on the run. I like the idea of her actually falling in love with a cop um, and trying to live an honest life for a little while. Like, I kind of like that idea. And if the episode had focused a little bit more on it or a little bit more on her dilemma or a little bit more on her paranoia in settling down... Like, I feel like this would have worked a lot better, but without without that tension in the flashback itself, it does fall a little flat. I feel like it gave us the broad strokes. I feel like this is almost something that there should have been... Like, you know, we have multiple flashbacks dealing with Jack's marriage. I almost wonder if... This would have been richer if it's somehow, like, if we had seen a previous flashback of where she met this guy or or where this started, you know? Like, yeah, I, I, otherwise it, it it comes out of nowhere. Uh, as far as I know, it doesn't necessarily come back. I want, I don't, Maybe? I don't remember um, it back. <laughs> Um, I, like, yeah, it comes out of nowhere. As far as we know at the moment, it doesn't ever come back. We may have forgotten something. Tell us on <laughs> Twitter. Very true. We may have forgotten something. We definitely forgot about the airplane in season one, her little toy airplane. We were like, what's this? It doesn't, it never gets explained. It doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> so it's entirely possible that maybe Nathan Fillion is the linchpin and we just don't remember. And I think it's funny that I think one reason this flashback is in the world of lost fandom looked upon fondly is because you know another great science fiction actor beloved actor is in this episode nathan fillion yeah <laughs> like i think people just people love you know i mean i don't hear people talk about him as much as they used to but oh man about uh, 10 plus years ago everywhere i went no one would shut up about Nathan. I like Nathan Fillion, but I feel like he was a very, like, in the world of geekdom. And I guess he still is, but he was very big. Yeah, I think it's just he, you know, he was on a procedural show for, what, nine seasons? Eight se- I don't know. I didn't watch Castle. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, he was just on a procedural show for a long time. So, um the guy doesn't need to work. I, I hope that if he's working on projects at the moment that he's working on stuff that he loves. But like, isn't yeah, he, isn't he doing some show now where he's or was doing a show where he's a cop, but he's like an old cop, but he's a rookie. The cop. rookie. Yeah. The rookie, I think is called. <laughs> yeah. OK. Well, anyway, let's let's get into the flashback here. So. Oh, real quick, if for whatever reason you're you're binging new things because you're you're at home and you're looking for new content to consume and this is your first episode of No Love Lost, we sort of alluded to it earlier. We sort of spoil everything about the series. So, fair warning, the ending of this show may come up. 
So we see Kate is in a in a motel. She's in a, in a room with like this really cute old-fashioned hairstyle and outfit. I might add, yep. it's very like kind of fifties. I love it. <laughs> like very pinup girl. That was it. And she's got this. She opens the spot, and there's a veil in it. It's like, what's happening? A knock on the door. It's police. Like, open up. And there's something off about the way Kate's behaving it because she's a fugitive. She should be on the run. But she Yeah, you'd think that like the second they said police, she'd be like heading for the window. Then she opens that door and it's Nathan Fillion. Yeah. <laughs> and he's just a good dude. He's just a good cop who loves his his fiance. Monica, who he is going <laughs> to marry in the morning. Oh, and it's are the, all of her aliases just characters from Friends? <laughs> maybe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, like that was all I could think about during this episode. Anytime anybody called her Monica, and I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> well, she uh, is she gonna be Phoebe in the next flashback uh, episode? I hope so. I will die if she is. <laughs> but you know, they're in. They're in. They have a. You know, it's the night of the wedding, and they're like, "Oh, it's uh, bad luck to see the bride before." Right? It's a bad luck to see the bride in her dress, and you're not wearing a dress because we could have sex. <laughs> um, I, and- I do. I mean. This is interesting because, like, they're like, oh, we're getting married. And at some point, it's at this point where we have to be going, well, okay. Are you, though? Like, is this well, a scam is to this, get his money? Yeah, is, or, she, yeah. is she conning this man? But then the next is, the next scene, the flashback, it's like, is she going straight because she's there in the wedding dress? The her future mother in law comes to her, gives her um, um, with um, a really sweet scene. Like, yeah, it was probably honestly the most emotionally charged moment of the entire episode. Is just this ex- this very very heartfelt exchange between these two people, and um, you know it's it's just nice. And she even says that oh I thought you weren't supposed to like your mother in law or something and. It's close. She's by now. I, I want to know who the hell is showing up at this wedding. Nobody. <laughs> Nobody. Like, and I feel like that would raise some red flags. But you know, maybe not. I mean, you could always lie and say, "Hey, I was a foster kid." I just. It would still be suspicious if she didn't have any like friends at you know that she wouldn't want to invite either. Yeah. But like, Kate's. A better liar than like Sawyer and Jack, <laughs> which makes the next scene of when they're actually getting married and the priest in the in his in his little um in the in the vows there or when he's doing the his thing he says uh, he was struck by her honesty. Yep. Yep. I mean, it's really what on- you see is what you get. It's really it's really on the nose, but it's also kind of perfect and. You know, yeah, Kate is a better, Kate is a better liar than these people. And also, by the way, Nathan Fillion meets uh, Kate. He's a, if I met, if I'm, if you know, Evangeline Lilly uh, wanted to marry me, and I wouldn't be asking a lot of questions, you know. Hey, I'm just looking at those two, and I'm thinking to myself in my head about my own little spinoff thing. I'm like, hey, Castle. 
meets Detective Kate. There's some crossover potential Not here. A bad idea. <laughs> we could get these two actors back together. I'm saying. I'm just saying. So now they're married, and you keep Yay! waiting. The the one thing I think is good about this flashback is you keep waiting for when's this going to turn and how's it going to turn. Is it going to turn because the law's going to catch up with it? Like you're looking at everyone as they're walking down the aisle. Like is all of a sudden the marshal going to be there in the crowd? Like you're looking at every little thing, but. No. And the next time we see Kate, she's she's doing the grocery shopping, going to surprise him for dinner. It's taco night, baby. And taco who- Tuesday. Taco Tuesday. Oh, man. And BTW, it's Tuesday at the time of this recording. So um, I kind of need tacos now. If it weren't a pandemic, you have no way of being able to, <laughs> you have no way of being able to obtain tacos. I, I mean, I guess I could a Taco Bell. But uh, You know what's weird? I heard that Taco Bell might have been actually doing a free taco thing. They are today. Fritos Taco. Ah, that's mean. That's so mean, Taco Bell. What the heck? That's irresponsible. No, I actually think it's, I mean, people got to eat. But like, this is, okay, sidebar guys, real world talk for like two seconds. At the time of this recording, this week and the next two weeks are when it's supposed to hit peak you know, shit hitting the fan. So be responsible and be careful. And hopefully by the time you're listening to this, we will have passed peak nonsense. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, just if you haven't heard us say it before already, uh, stay safe and be careful out there. So, Kate. So, Taco Tuesday! Taco Tuesday! Yeah! Taco Tuesday! So, Kate goes to. And she sets up like an egg timer. And she calls, and who does she call? She calls the U.S. Marshal. Now, this is the first time during this flashback I was legitimately surprised. I'm like, what are you doing? (laughs) The flashback does, maybe I'm too hard on the flashback. It does lull you into a false sense of everyone's kind of content. And then you realize she is not content. And she she tells us, like, I don't want to run. I'm happy here. Like just, which if she if that is true, then like why are you calling him exactly? Because like I don't get the sense that like in this episode that she's always looking her over her shoulder, that she's always concerned or she's always worried. So that's why this call to the marshal really feels like it comes out of the blue. You also get the sense that there was a period of time where she was calling him frequently, though, kind of liking to me if you can. Like you get a sense yeah. that she was placing regular calls to him, which. Why couldn't we have had that episode? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It would have been, we could have had that leading into maybe meeting Nathan Fillion and then this episode. Yeah, I would have loved a Catch Me If You Can episode with Kate and the Marshall. That would have been fun. It, again, same thing. It wouldn't have told us anything new, but like, man, would it have been entertaining. And like, you could even tie that back to like this cat and mouse game that the others are playing with them. Like, there are ways this could have worked, guys. But instead, the marshal says to her uh, that he would not look for her. And meanwhile, he's trying to trace the call. But he says, he said, look, he said, if you really stay put, I'll stop chasing you. But we know that's not happening. That's a bad cop. That's a bad cop right there. <laughs> but it's like the, the, he knows that getting antsy wherever she is. 
And I guess he figures by baiting her, he will get her to run, and it'll be easy to find her if she's, like, on the run, leaving a trail. Right? Isn't that the theory that's going I on with this, this Marshall? This guy is just, he, he's been goading her since day one. So, like. Yeah, he's really got it in for her. Granted, she's it's... been a pain in the ass for him, but, <laughs> you know. And ultimately, he... she will be his demise, but. <laughs> But, like, yeah, no, he's been, he's had a weird infatuation with her since the day they met. So, like, I don't know. It Like, to me, nothing that he says is really all that surprising. Like, it is, it absolutely 100% seems like the type of behavior he would engage in. Like I said, it's just, I never really got the sense in this episode that she was concerned about him coming after her or that, like, she felt like at any moment like he could get the drop on her so like or or really that she was discontent at all and that that's what prompted this call so I don't know maybe there's just some visual storytelling that got left on the cutting room floor I don't know this call just seems to come out of nowhere that's all um so the next time but we yeah, see her, though, she's back. He's in- like, I will, I will turn in my badge, and I will never chase you again. <laughs> but the egg timer goes off, and she hangs up because she knows how long it'll take to trace. And the next time we see Kate, she's back in domestic bliss. She's making French toast. She puts uh, and uh, Ethan Fillion surprises her with tickets to Costa Rica, flying Oceanic Airlines. By the way, there. And this, this is. This is <laughs> nice. This is the first time we really get her trepidation about being in this relationship. Because yes. he's like, get your passport ready. And she's like, ooh, about that. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I'm just so in love with you. No, I mean, <laughs> do does she love him or is she looted? See, this is another reason I wish we had the episode we met because – it's one of those things of does she love him legitimately or has she deluded herself in it? Because she's deluding herself into the life, but that's deluding yourself into if you love someone. See, I don't even know if she's deluded herself into the life because like, because like at the end, well, we'll get to it. But like at the end, I don't know if she's engaging in that monologue because she feels like that will make it easier for him. To hear all those things, I don't know, but um, but yeah, it, that's a great question though about whether or not she actually loves him, and we don't really know because we never see how they met or got together. And it, again, it something I like about Sawyer's episode is that even though it didn't tell us much more than we already knew it did progress his storyline forward in terms of like presenting the fact that he has a daughter and that he in a very similar like his situation in the flashback paralleled with what was going on while he was on the island which is always a plus when it comes to flashback episodes like it wasn't we didn't have to bend over backwards to see the parallel here (laughs) um with kate it does give us another piece of information about Kate's life, 
But as you said at the top of the episode, it kind of falls flat a little bit because it's like, was this something that needed to be explained because it comes out of nowhere and doesn't go anywhere? So it really doesn't feel like it's pushing her story forward at all. Exactly. Exactly. Well, the next time we see her, mm, she's taking a pregnancy test. It's negative. And she seems to be really broken up about it. Like, because those don't look like tears of relief. She looks kind of heartbroken. If it hadn't been negative, I guess she wouldn't have been able to. I mean, yeah, I know she could do whatever she wants, but she probably wouldn't have run then, right? Or would that have been like, is it the thing that there's part of her that wanted to be trapped, but there's a part of her that doesn't want to be trapped, and this test is basically making that decision for her? Maybe that's what it's come down to in her head. Like, she's like, if I'm pregnant, then I have to stay. But if I'm not pregnant, then I can't. Then I can't. It's it. The, the emotions in the scene that she's having there in the test are a little tricky to, to figure out exactly where her head's at. I wasn't even sure how to read the test. I didn't have the instructions. <laughs> Maybe that's what she was crying about. She was just like, why can't this be more straightforward? I mean, I I assumed it was negative, like a plus minus thing, but it could no. have been one of those like two lines means pregnant, one line means not. I don't know. Okay. I've never taken according, a pregnancy test. Uh, according to the to the instructions that were right by the results, it like her test came back negative, and that's all you okay. need to know. <laughs> okay, maybe I didn't look at the instructions. I wonder if it was uh, much like with um um. Son, I wonder if it was a, uh, you know, from a Widmore uh, uh, pregnancy test. Oh, dang it. I didn't double check. Like, I, 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 I wasn't only, looking for it. I only thought about it right now. <laughs> um, oh, that would have been so funny. <laughs> um, So, you know, Nathan Fillion's there filling out. I never wrote down his real name. I just put Nathan Fillion every time in my notes. Does it matter? <laughs> Nathan <laughs> Fillion is is um doing some paperwork, some cop paperwork. A cop's work is never done. And she comes over with a drink for him and he starts drinking it and then she says, "Hey, what if I talk to you?" And he's like, "Ha ha ha, what?" And then she You're hilarious, Monica. <laughs> and then she it's it's kind of a, a breakdown of where it goes on and on with this confession. And she says with much passion, I don't do taco night. Everyone does taco night, Kate. Yeah. It's the most disappointed I've been in Kate. <laughs> and this is why I'm saying that I'm wondering if she's saying it so that he so that it's easier for him to let her go as opposed to because she never really loved him because I'm sitting here going you don't do taco night everyone does taco night shut up you are you're clearly telling lies <laughs> uh and then he tries to stand drugged by her and she's done this like for his own protection kind of thing of like they can't like Say, I, uh... I didn't want you to lose your job. Yeah. And then she leaves him. Yep. She, you know, in typical Kate fashion, she picks up and runs away to start her own detective agency. <laughs> to solve, solve mystery. mysteries on the mystery island. 
with a with a mystery writer named Castle. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. And together they take down corporations and weird evil cults and weird evil scientific initiatives that run horrible experiments on people and guys who think they're deed. They basically take down everything on this island. It's great. <laughs> so speaking of the island, we might as well go to the island. All right. Lead the way. Kate is in a cage. No! <laughs> Never mind. I want to go back to the flashback. <laughs> and Sawyer is throwing rocks. And Kate's like, oh, you know, you know. He's like, I it's know how to. It's a really get- obnoxious alarm bell, BTW. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Kate's trying to point out, like, oh, what you're supposed to do. And Sawyer's like, I know how to get a damn fish biscuit. And she's like, well, get me a fish biscuit. Um, but, uh, Sawyer, Sawyer is not in the mood. Like, Sawyer's having a rough time of things. Sawyer is the one who knows the truth about that they're on a little island, a big island that they can't really escape, so he's down about that. He's got Yeah, the, he's still processing it. He got the crap beat out of him. He doesn't know whether Kate was lying about her confession of love to him. Sawyer's, Sawyer is in a mood. Yeah, he's a, he's a grumpy Gus, to say the least. So, they show up, um, and they're like, Kate, you gotta go to work. But Sawyer, Sawyer doesn't have to work. And uh, she, uh, she refuses. She doesn't want to be separated. They're, they're, they come as a teen. And uh, Danny is uh, not happy about this, but... Honestly, she might have saved his life right here. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. And I think, I, I mean... She knows what she's doing. She knows that they shouldn't be separated. They should always be be together. Um, safety in number. Live together, die alone. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, it works. They end up bringing Sawyer to work, too. Chopping rocks and hauling rocks. <laughs> well, while they're there, there is a compound breach. The alarms go off like... Compound breach. Compound breach. <laughs> and uh, all of a sudden, who shows up? Who tripped this alarm? Alex. Yeah. Who's- that was... I'm not going to lie. That was a legitimate surprise because I'm thinking like, oh, is this like, you know, somebody from their team that like we we like just haven't seen their side of the story of how they found this island i was i was expecting one of our uh one of our island folk and instead alex comes to the rescue and i was just like oh awesome good for her and even annie is like the jack escape like what's good so everyone's kind of surprised to see alex and she's got a slingshot and there's like kind of a a mexican standoff here where she's got She's got uh, the slingshot at Danny. Danny's got a gun. Um, and she, you know, to her credit, because it's not like she comes in not prepared because she's like, what are you going to do, shoot me? Because she's the head honcho's daughter. Yeah. Like, no one's going to. No one's going to hurt her. <laughs> they will definitely try to apprehend her, but no like, one's going to hurt her. You know they are so 
she annoys them so much they're like goddamn nepotism <laughs> god Girls damn it are, alex <laughs> like she should not be here she shouldn't be in charge of shit she's running around with a shot but they're able to uh they're able to uh, disarm her there uh but, but she, only after yeah oh wait, no say what you're gonna say i was gonna say yeah only after she basically says you know where's my boyfriend yes like and she, she tells kate and sawyer to run and then she's like what'd you do with him she said and she tells him also don't believe them uh they're gonna kill she says to kate of sawyer i am they're gonna kill your boyfriend like they killed mine yep 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 yep, yep. so which obviously confirms kate's suspicions because she's not dumb yeah although uh alex's boyfriend is not dead yet um <laughs> yet <laughs> he is uh he's being held in a creepy room to watch creepy videos like clockwork orange style yeah. <laughs> torture so we'll we'll get to that uh down the line but um after alex is is disarmed and taken care of you know never bring a slingshot to a gunfight uh Ju- juliet comes over to uh, uh, Kate and was like, hey, put this bag over your head and come with me. And, and, and she's like, uh, why? And she's like, look, uh, they're just itching to kill Sawyer. You got to do this or they're going to kill Sawyer. So n- now I feel we have to do a little backtrack or as I'd like to say, jack track. <laughs> How long were you thinking about that? Literally, Mel? like just the past five <laughs> minutes. I didn't plan this out ahead of time, but I, when I looked at my okay. notes, I saw Jack's name, and I said, "Oh yeah, we're gonna have to backtrack his story." And I go, "Oh, Jack track." <laughs> <laughs> Jack attack. Oh, that's good, but that's not that's not what I'm looking for right now. What other? What else could I use? <laughs> but this is where the stories kind of intersect. Um, so Jack earlier in the episode was examining Ben's face as Ben and Juliet kind of look on. Yeah, and Ben for once doesn't look like he's super in control of the situation. Yeah, he, he looks he looks nervous. He's in a little bit of nervous Henry Gale mode. He's channeling his inner Henry Gale, you know? (laughs) And Jack's looking at him and he goes, okay, here's the deal. Borderline inoperable. You needed surgery. These x-rays are a week old already. You needed surgery yesterday. You needed all this done. Like, we have to move with this. And Ben's like, I'm ready. Oh. <laughs> and it's like, okay, let's do it. I'm ready. And then Jack's like, and this is actually great. Jack, I like Jack in this episode. Jack's like, oh, I didn't say I was going to operate on you. I wanted you to understand how you will die. Like, <laughs> it is cold. It's also, I believe, against the Hippocratic Oath. But it is cold. Well... He's not Ben's doctor. <laughs> I feel like aren't any do- am I wrong in thinking and you know doctors are in the news a lot now that like now, a doctor has like like if I'm in a uh, restaurant I, and have a heart attack 
And there's some doctors like, eh, fuck this. I'm going to keep does eating the, my meal. Does the no, doctor it, have a legal obligation right, to he help He took you. an oath. He's got to help me. Right? I, I the, the way we've talked about this before on the podcast is that there's a difference between to protect and serve and do no harm. There's, there's a difference between those two yeah. things. I, I would think that anybody who would choose the profession of doctor would, just out of their own moral sense of what's right and wrong, tend to help. Whether or not that's something that can be enforced in a situation in which the doctor is kidnapped against his will and taken to a secret island against his will, um, forced to watch his friends uh, be captive in polar bear cages. I don't, I don't know if the Hippocratic Oath applies in that particular scenario, but what's interesting about this moment is that this you know, tells the audience for anybody who saw the the previous episode, it tells the audience one very specific thing. It's that not only is Jack basically saying F you to Ben right now, but he's also not taking Juliet up on her offer. He's not like he's not willing to play along with either of them. Yeah, because at this point, we don't we know Juliet has told Jack to kill Ben on the table. But, yeah. you know, if Jack does nothing, it's the same. Well, you know, it's the same thing, but it's not because Ben will probably linger on for a while and cause problems. Yeah, Whereas he'll linger. He... He'll linger on and he'll probably order Jack and all of Jack's friends to be murdered. And who knows? Might do away with Juliet and her loved ones as well. So, you know what? In all honesty, Jack is better off performing the surgery and letting him die in the surgery than he is just letting him die because it's getting it's the same it's the same conclusion uh it depends it depends on whether or not he can actually trust Juliet because unlike um you know us on the fourth you know the other side of the fourth wall who according to some people Juliet's a lovable trustworthy character jury's still out on my on my end but in theory we know he can trust Juliet. Jack doesn't know that. He still doesn't know Jack about these people. Even though they've had a couple nice moments together, that's not enough for him to necessarily go along with her scheme. Because if she then, be she says, I promise I'll protect you, that might not matter. Like, she might say, oh yeah, I, t I totally promise to protect you. He doesn't know how they're like, power structure works he doesn't know if like they'll listen to her when she says oh yeah no it couldn't be avoided like they could just put him to death anyway <laughs> like he has no way of being able to trust either one of them so in a way this defiant jack of like i'm not gonna play ball uh, with either of you is kind of a cool moment so kate has now now here's where the stories collide. Kate has now been brought to Jack. And Juliet's like, I'll leave you two alone. And Jack's just very, like, it's kind of an emotional moment. They're kind of up against the glass, like, touching it, like, ah, uh, like. Because up until this time, they don't really know if the other person is alive or dead. They don't really know what's been going on with them. Yeah, the last time Kate saw Jack, he had a bag over his head and was being taken to a room. So Jack's like, did they hurt you? And Kate 
really only has one thing she needs to tell him do perform the operation like this is the only like she's clearly been here on a mission and jack is not happy about this jack is getting angry why why like did they break kate how they get her to do this how they get her to say this and she says they'll kill sawyer they'll kill sawyer if you don't i don't know why that was so hard to say up front just hey jack they brought me in here to convince you to do the surgery because if you don't they're gonna kill sawyer why was that so hard to say well i have a (laughs) i have a theory as to why it's so hard to say um (laughs) that i'll get to in a in a second okay but they're like she's like they said they'll they'll let us go he's like you you believe them and she says something i think legit where she's like I have to like she has no she has no other options really other than to believe him and and other than like climbing out of the cage and running for it on her own that's like the only option she has right now and she made it very clear that that's not the option that she's going with because live together die and alone. jack's really annoyed with this i, I but I, this is what i think the show was trying to set up here in this moment that there's an extra level of annoyance for Jack because they're using Sawyer as this leverage. And this is extra annoying for Jack, and the reason Kate withholds it is because in the world of the show, they are still trying to set up this as a angle. And that even later in this episode, Ben says something like oh i didn't think she'd go for i thought she'd go yeah, for you I, not, I had my money on you. yeah i had my money on you yeah i was oh and he says i was surprised too when when jack later sees that the two of them slept together um i feel like it is such a like i feel like they're trying to make it seem like Jack is indifferent to Sawyer's life because it's part of this love triangle and he is that Kate is doing this for Sawyer. Wherein, honestly, Kate would do this for Jack also. If the sides were... Kate would do this of for course. either of them. Um, but and yeah, I don't know. Is, am I reading... It's clearly... No, no, no. Well, you're not reading too much into it because it's this love triangle stuff that makes me really frustrated with this episode. Honestly, I could forgive kind of a flatter, uninteresting um, or not as engaging flashback. And I can forgive a lot of the stuff in this episode, too, like on, on the island stuff. I could forgive so much if this episode wasn't so freaking centered on this goddamn love triangle man this episode there's nothing wrong with it there's nothing wrong with this episode but because it's an episode that focuses you know it's a kate episode that really leans into this love triangle and as we'll get to it in a moment leads to some really stupid moments like this this moment of jack being reluctant because sawyer's life doesn't matter that's not in his character he cares about sawyer too sawyer's a jerk but he cares about him and i'm i'm starting to think you and me might have the same man in black for this episode (laughs) and then yeah the the scene a little later um when kate makes her escape attempt and it gets cut short like 
those those are really dumb moments to perpetuate this stupid love triangle that nobody cares about, man. Now, again, I'm trying to put my head back into 2006 and did I care more about this love triangle? And I'm guessing I didn't. I, I don't think I did. I cared about the love triangle of, like, who's she going to end up with, Jack or Sawyer. I cared about it to an extent. Um, like, it wasn't the main focus of the show, but I cared about it because I, I liked all these characters. Um, the thing that frustrated me, and this was the season where I started getting fatigued with it, because they brought in Anna Lucia in the in the previous season, when and I thought that she was going to act as kind of a foil to that love triangle in some way. And they were setting that up for, I mean, because clearly she had she, she had things going on with she, Jack and Sawyer. Yeah, she, she had chemistry with Jack and she slept with Sawyer uh, and then died. <laughs> and then at the very beginning of this season two, they bring in Juliet. And I think that's also part of the reason why I had I had some initial... Um, like I, I had baggage when it came to Juliet was because after they killed off Anna Lucia, after clearly setting up that she was going to play into or she was going to, to like have some effect on this love triangle, they killed off Anna Lucia. And then here we are bringing in another character who it looks like we're going to like, oh, look, this love, you know, this is another character that's going to affect the love triangle. Like I was almost immediately like, oh, here we go again. Like and so I was frustrated because I was like, well, why did Anna Lucia have to die if you're just going to bring in another character to mess with this love triangle? Like, I was really frustrated with that. And that's all the other, you know, that's leaving all the other stuff on how withholding a character Juliet is on the table. Like, that's that's leaving all that aside. Like, literally, that was one of my first responses to Juliet as a character was, why are we bringing in another character to add to this love triangle it's not necessary why are we doing it <laughs> so it's this love triangle man it's really it is the worst thing about this season i think so far even worse than the polar bear cages themselves because polar bear cages are just the emblematic thing <laughs> it's just emblematic of the problem of love triangles so kate is brought back um, being brought back to his cage, and Danny immediately cold cocks him and says, "Anything you gotta say to you to oh was it was it to him to about her or to her about him? I don't know, but basically say it tonight because the implication is Sawyer's not gonna make it, yeah, um." So, Kate proceeds then to tell Sawyer what had happened. That that Jack's gonna, uh, Jack to operate. And Sawyer's like, well, Jack at least has a good sense not to. And she's like, well, I told him to. And he's apoplectic. He doesn't want. But why, though? Why? Why? (laughs) And then Kate climbs out of her cage to get Sawyer out because she's still fighting for Sawyer. She wants Sawyer to live. 
and she doesn't understand why she breaks open the lock. She doesn't understand why. Yeah, she doesn't know run. why he's given up. He, she yeah. has no idea because she's like, that is, that is not the Sawyer that I know. And she even says, "Shut up, James!" Like, <laughs> which yeah, oh, I don't yeah, think she's great. ever called him James before. And he confesses, like, "No, like we're not on our island. We're on a, a we're basically on Alcatraz. Like we can't get back to our island." And Kate's like, why didn't you tell me this? And he said, I wanted you to believe we had a chance. Now, this is really defeatist in a lot of ways. Like, I mean, there's, there, 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 there are ways to get back. They to have the, a uh, submarine. I mean, <laughs> there. I mean, I. Fe- it's improbable, unlikely, but not impossible. Yeah, given the <laughs> options between death and you know trying to get a steal a boat to get to the main island or something heck there's probably a cave you could hide out in for a little while (laughs) kate's got survival skills you have a better chance out there than you do in the cage exactly so but kate like kind of buys into this and they kiss and then they have sex you don't like the, the cage door is open. Run! Okay, so your problem isn't <laughs> that they have sex; it's that they have sex in lieu of like leaving their cage. Yeah, no, they could have run, gotten to a cave or something, then banged, and then been apprehended. Like it's still the same beats. It's just she she undid the lock. She she broke the lock, and then nobody's patrolling the area right now for some reason they have no reason not to run well i think we know why nobody's patrolling the area which we'll get to in a second but i'm just saying it's yeah but they don't know that they don't know that why why are they why are they banging when they could be running i'll tell you i mean i don't know it feels like it feels like a mistake i would make yeah (laughs) very very attractive like i get it they're very attractive all i'm saying is that this is stupid and this would not have happened if like i'm just saying that you know if the perspective of the episode had been different if this was like a sawyer episode and sawyer was the one that opened up the cage this is not how this would have played out i feel like the writers are treating kate differently because she's a woman and that really bothers me so, there's a little post-coital moment where, uh... Where they also could be running! <laughs> where the says, like, oh, you use me just to get him to stop. She kisses him and he's like... Dude. And does, she does not say yes. <laughs> I would, yeah, I would point that out, yes. <laughs> so, let's cut back to Jack. That mysterious intercom is going off again, and he's told the door is open, unlocked. So, and it's it's a woman's voice, but we can't identify it. And Jack walks out. He's in this hallway, and he sees a room with monitors, all monitoring things. And he sees a closet with guns. Grabs a gun, goes look at those monitors, and what does he see? He sees postcoital. Sawyer and Kate 
And that's when Ben's like, I was surprised too. This fucking show. <laughs> and, I'm so angry. <laughs> well, now, now here's the thing. So then Jack, you know, he's got a gun. He could kill Ben right now. Not that it would make he's shooting a dead man if he does. But Jack basically, like, hands it over and says, we're going to perform the surgery tomorrow. So, in some way, this is all this is all staged for Jack's benefit, right? Some psychological yeah. reason no, that's, of Jack. That, that's absolutely what um what Ben's aim is is like he's he's leaning really hard into this soap opera for reasons I can't really fathom. <laughs> like if my life was on the line, I wouldn't really rely on the the relationship dynamics of three people who have been stuck on an island together for three months. Like I would not lean into that. Well, Jack feeds into what I guess he assumes Ben is thinking. That Jack is going to see these two hook up. And he's so... So sad. I'm so sad. Yeah, and like, so who gives a shit? Because when Jack... And Jack leans into that. Because Jack says, I'll keep you alive, but you keep up your promise. You get me the hell off this island. Mm-hmm. And... You know, so and now I, so Jack I, is being performative. Yes, and we don't know this at the at the moment, but no. he said so. So I like the idea. I like the idea behind this of like who's the better actor. Yeah, and and Ben is playing Jack, but Jack's smart enough to know he's being played, so he's gonna lean into what he thinks Ben wants his reaction to be. Which I'm not gonna lie, I I kind of thought we were gonna w- wait another episode or two before like the the surgery actually took place. That's what I'm saying. I thought this episode had so much later in the season, and again, it might be because of that break. But I thought, oh yeah, this is the next episode, right? But I also knew that the surgery was at the end of an episode because I remember the end of this episode. Because the end of this episode is pretty badass. It's a pretty good ending to an episode, especially yeah. when you have to wait over three months for the next one it's um, a great cliffhanger so jack's like we're gonna do the surgery we're gonna do the surgery uh and juliet is assisting and they've got ben there and um ben even asked like oh did alex uh, ask about me and they're like nope <laughs> think <laughs> and they give ben the anesthesia ben's out and jack begins the surgery now while jack's beginning the surgery and ben's under danny's gonna take the opportunity to finally kill sawyer yeah, and danny's like now's my moment <laughs> danny doesn't trust any of these people anyway because he keeps saying they're letting one of them one of them you know they killed his his uh, his wife there and he's letting one of them perform surgery on him and then danny says he says shepherd wasn't even on jacob's list (laughs) is this the first time we hear jacob's name actually that i can't remember but it's certainly the well it's not the first time we're talking about lists and i no but i feel like this is the first time jacob's ever actually mentioned i think you're right Because we're like, who the hell is Jacob? (laughs) The problem is that Jack is on Jacob's list. (laughs) (laughs) 
And look, this is... Go on. And and this is an example of... And I can't remember... I'm. They probably try to retcon it at some point. But this is an example of when you have a show with so many moving pieces with no set end date... Of where you may say something that doesn't turn out to be well, part of your end game. Here's the justification for it is Ben lies all the time. So he probably just lied and said Jack wasn't on Jacob's list or something. I don't know. I don't it's, remember, but I, don't I recall, bet you there's something. I don't recall if Ben actually has any direct communication with Jacob or if he's just talking to the air. So who knows? Maybe it's a lie. Maybe it's not. Who knows? As you said, this is an example of a thing that's bad and we should acknowledge it. (laughs) Yeah, and I hate having to say it because it makes you laugh (laughs) with such glee. It's a good thing we're not in the same room. (laughs) Yeah, what are you going to do, Will? (laughs) You can't take away my drink. It's over here with me. So, um, Danny gets to the cages and he's gonna, he's gonna execute, he's gonna execute Sawyer. Yeah. And this is, this is messed up. Like I, I will give the show credit. I was kind of 50-50 on whether or not Sawyer was going to make it out of this one because they just killed off Mr. Echo. Yeah. And, I mean, it's brutal. He's got so that he says Kate, that he wants Kate to watch. Uh, and he even says that it's for Colleen. They're like, Sawyer's- we weren't even there, man. But this is some great cross-cutting because we go back. Yeah. To the operating room. And all of a sudden, Ben's like, like, you know, it's like uh, he's in trouble. There's something wrong. He's he's bleeding and his yeah, blood like pressure is going up. I like how, like, the uh, the assistant guy that they have in there, like, I, I don't know if he's a, a nurse or if he's another doctor or if he's just, like, a medic. I, I don't know what his his medical professional title is, but he's just like, uh, is he supposed to be bleeding that much? And Jack has to go, no, no, he shouldn't. Yeah. It's just, it's a very dry but very funny moment and, in and- this, it, like, as a, as, a, as a bit to, like, break the tension of this scene because, like, as he says that, even though it's funny, it's still like an oh shit yeah. sort of moment. And Jack gets the attention of Mr. Friendly there and says, uh, I made a small incision in his kidney sack. In an hour, he's going to bleed out. And we're like, where is this going? And I loved this, though. This, this is so great. Good. This is so good. And... The next time we see, we see Danny's going to execute Sawyer, but he gets a call on the radio from Mr. Friendly. And he's like, hey, are you by the cages? And, and Danny's like, <laughs> and he's like yeah. yeah, yeah, you can say kind that. in the middle of something. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, give the walkie to, to Kate. And Danny's like, what? And Friendly's like, give the walkie to Kate. And Kate gets the walkie. And Jack's like, you got an hour head start. Before they come after you. And he's like, remember that story you told? I told you the day of the crash? Like He's like, yeah. He's like, when you're safe, I want you to write the story. And Kate doesn't know what's happening. No, also, she's got some knowledge that Jack doesn't, that they're on a, on their island. Yeah. That he, it's escape. He, 
But he has Kate, no clue. But Kate's like, what? Like, it's all happening fast. Sawyer's about to be executed. But now this is their out. And Jack is just yelling at her to run. Do what you do best, Kate. Go, go, go. <laughs> and <laughs> lost. It's a great <laughs> ending. Like it's, it's a, a it's, it's fantastic. It's the one of the best endings of a of a lost episode. Um but you there's, know Oh go ahead. Oh, do you have do you have more to say on it? Uh, I was gonna say there's a there's a C storyline. That's what I, I was about to say. But you know, there's <laughs> other things happening. Um kind of. <laughs> Mr. Echo is dead. Aww. And the fandom collectively sighs. <laughs> and Locke's like, yeah, we're just going to bury him here. We're just going to... Cool, I guess. <laughs> we don't want to bring his body back to the funeral. People have had enough funerals. I mean, it's not like anybody there wants to say bye to him or anything. Cool, cool. Maybe bury him at the church he was building? No? Okay, yep. Throw. We can't afford to pay him another day rate. <laughs> Get him out of here. <laughs> so, Locke's like, I'm going to go to the beach, get some shovels. I'll be right back. And Saeed's like, eh, I'll come with you. Because, I'm not dumb. <laughs> yeah, you're up to something. Uh, at this point, how tired of Locke's bullshit do you think Saeed is? <laughs> I think he's pretty tired. And they go for this little walk back towards the beach. And uh, Saeed's asking a lot of questions. He's like, oh, what killed him? Like, uh, like, and he's like, and Locke's like, well, you know, some people call it the monster. <laughs> this is classic John Locke. You know, after his, his weird trip earlier this season, this is, jo- this is classic John Locke back again. And he's like, the monster, you know, maybe the monster's here. It's like, oh, okay. And Echo Reason. Oh. A sacrifice the island demanded, one might say. How dare you? (laughs) And Saeed is kind of like, okay, but where are we going? We're all wondering where this is going, Saeed. We're all wondering. And I am going to say it's not going anywhere. <laughs> because the next we see them, they're back at Echo, and the detour was apparently Locke just wanted to get Echo's prayer stick, which is actually a fun thing to do, oh, but no, did nice. not need did not need to be given like the mysterious detour because you figure no, he's going it didn't to need to be a mystery. He's going to another hatch or something like that, or he's going like. But no, it was. They made him a, 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 a mystery out of a molehill. Mole yeah, no, it didn't need to be. But, like, Locke says some words and buries is gonna, like, gonna bury him with the the stick. It's sadly as, pretty much as nice a send-off most characters get on this show because usually it's like, here's an awkward eulogy for this person. And he looks at the <laughs> stick and he sees the words lift up your eyes and look north and it's supposedly a passage from one of the uh written by john because it it says john at the end of that too so really much to unpack on that 
No, no. I mean, it's sad having to say goodbye to Echo, but like, it, and it's nice that the show took a, a time, like a beat to say goodbye to him after how abrupt and shocking his final episode was. Uh, that being said, I think maybe taking him back to the church would have been nicer. Yeah. <laughs> That's just me. Because also, in addition to saying goodbye to this character, Nikki and Paolo are there. And it's like, who All are they? All of Echo's favorite Echo. people are there. Desmond, <laughs> Nikki, Paolo. All the people who would want to give him a send-off. All the people who, like really cared about him and that he spent so much time with like that's honestly I I mean not having Charlie there I think is a huge misstep because since Ana Lucia and Libby were gone I mean John Locke and Charlie were the people that Echo had the biggest connections with even Jin not yeah yeah at least they walked across the island together yeah, no, like they like none of the people who actually had a relationship with the Echo, with the exception of John, like are there to say goodbye to him. And that feels really weird. And granted, I get it. None of us can choose the time and place of our own <laughs> of our own final moments. But like this just narratively speaking, seems like it's a really weird choice to have like Nikki and Paula. <laughs> there like here as we send off one character here are three new ones only one of which the audience cares about (laughs) megan if i die and you're around for it just bury me where i lie (laughs) where you're at (laughs) yeah and who's around just have them there (laughs) they're like but we didn't even know him we were just driving by (laughs) well too bad you have to stay here as per his final wishes so that's I do. Uh, Megan, would, at the risk of picking the same man in black as me, uh, I'll still let you go first. Well, who's your I man mean, in black? I'm, uh, well, I'm okay with us occasionally picking the same <laughs> man in black and having the same man in white sometimes because sometimes the flaws and highlights of a particular episode are just that apparent. <laughs> There's a clear winner here with the man in black, I think. Yeah. But maybe maybe, maybe there with, is something else. With the man in black, yeah, it's this love triangle bullshit. And if you want me to pin it on a specific moment, it's not running away. <laughs> If I pin it on a specific moment, it's the idea that I think we're supposed to believe or even the characters believe that because Jack thinks he's losing the love triangle that he'll care less about Sawyer's life. Yeah. Which I don't buy that from Jack. No, not at all. Like, they've never really gotten along, but, like, he... He cares about Sawyer in the same way that he cares about everybody else on that, you know, that were a part of that crash. They have, like, a frenemy relationship. Yeah. Like, and like, like they, they begrudgingly get along. They need each other. There's a yin and yang to them that they they understand serves a function. Yeah. Who's he going to swindle at poker if Sawyer gets killed? Um, What's your Jacob? I'm going to give it to... um. There are a couple really good actor highlights in this in this particular episode. The scene with the mother-in-law was really good. Nathan Fillion just existing in this in this series is great. Yeah, love Nathan um, Fillion. 
<laughs> um, I'm going to give it actually to the, the cliffhanger. It's an excellent way to wrap up an episode. Like, and I, I love how, I love how smart Jack is in this episode. Like the love triangle stuff is really frustrating, but Jack's very calculating and the plan he actually enacts is really fucking cool. Yeah, I'll give it to Jack's Jack's plan because look, I I'm hard on Jack a lot, but he this is this is like peak me liking Jack. Yeah, you know, because is, it's it's him being smart and pro, you know, it's the same thing, uh, you know, when he's wallowing and like being really manic in his like, oh, I got to fix it. I got to fix it. He's infuriating because of how self-righteous he is here. It's very calculated. It's it's cold for sure what he's doing, but it's so smart and it's so simple and it just it works. It's so good. It's not him running into the jungle like a madman um trying to stop somebody who's way stronger than him. It's legit him using what he's good at and the knowledge at his disposal to basically turn the tables on his captors and it's awesome. Yeah, it's it's really great and like I start so you could see where if you had to wait three plus months you'd be very annoyed oh for sure um all right megan where can the people find you you guys can follow me on twitter and instagram at the Menguin. that's t-h-e-m-e-n-g-u-i-n and you can follow me on twitter at the real will link <laughs> and you can follow us on twitter at no love lost pod um so until next time See you in another life, brother. Hey there, everybody. I'm Will Link of No Love Lost. With me as always... Megan Salinas. Hey, everybody. And we're here to talk to you about the podcast Jukebox, a DIY podcast network. Uh, yeah, the podcast Jukebox Network has been super supportive of us as we venture back to the island. Uh, and so we just wanted to take a minute to thank uh, them and to let you guys know that you guys should be supporting the other podcast put on by this fantastic network. If you are enjoying No Love Lost, definitely give a listen to many of the other podcasts, far, many of which are far less vanilla than we are. Uh <laughs> Uh, uh, off the Cuffs, which is kind of the flagship show of the network. It is the BDSM kink podcast that kind of launched this whole network uh, off. You've got the Goth Librarian podcast. You have Being There podcast, a great storytelling podcast. You have The Queers Next Door, also on the network. Uh, Proud to be Kinky. Uh, Drinks with God. And a little podcast that's close to my heart, Megan. What is that one called? Will Sean Podcast? Yeah. Will hmm. he? I don't know. Spoiler alert. Uh, not as frequently as usual. <laughs> but you should definitely subscribe to all these shows. Rate them. Listen to them on iTunes. Yeah, definitely. Uh, these are all fantastic storytellers. It's so important to be sex positive. So go support these other podcasts. And uh, yeah, if you like us, you might like them. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> it makes sense. We're on the same network. <laughs> so yes, rate and subscribe to all these terrific shows.
And don't forget to rate them all five stars. And also rate us five stars. Yeah, while you're at it, you're listening to us. Might as well give us a rating. <laughs> you're already there. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs>